Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode one one hundred and forty-two of the One Before I Die podcast. We are back to you with another episode this week, coming in hot with a lot of hockey talk. Um, so obviously, last week we did our twenty twenty-two NHL draft preview that went down last Thursday. The Buffalo Sabers had three picks in the first round. I think had eight picks in the second round. Um, just had a ton of picks in this draft. And I don't believe they traded any of them. They, they made every single one of their picks. So um, we'll probably, you know, review that a little bit, see, uh, you know, get our thoughts on the draft and how that went down. Um, and then, of course, as we talked about last week as well, NHL free agency is set to start this week. I believe that opens up on the 13th or the 14th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, do you have the exact date on that? 13th, I believe. 13th. So um, basically over the past week here, I mean – you know, for, for a summer episode here coming in, you know, J- July uh, 12th, as you guys are listening to this, I mean, I feel like there's been a, a good amount of hockey news and we kind of previewed the draft last week where, you know, at least from my perspective, I said it might be an interesting draft just because I feel like there might be a lot of trades that go down before it. Um, and, and I was kind of right. I mean, there was kind of some stuff that went down that usually doesn't go down on draft night in terms of um, the NHL. So, um, a few trades that we'll probably talk about, but overall, we'll just you know be talking about a lot of hockey, Sabres-related stuff, NHL-related stuff in general. Um, should be a crazy off-season that's set to start here for the Sabres. So, um, I guess we'll get right into that. But before we do, we'll introduce Ethan. Ethan, how you doing over there? Hopefully, you had a great weekend, and it's good to get you on get you on here to talk a little bit here. Yeah, I had a good weekend. Another wedding down in the books. Um, You're just racking them up. I feel like you're always at a wedding. You're performing at weddings. You're going to weddings. <laughs> yeah. Wedding guy. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> That's all you got? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought this, you know, it was a good NHL draft for the Sabres. Hopefully. It's hard to it's hard to assess the NHL draft after. Everybody in the NFL, I feel like, seems to know who had a good draft, but the NHL seems to always be such a crapshoot. Yeah. No, so, for sure. I don't know. I was I was excited about at least their first pick. Seemed like that Savoy guy was was pretty decent, and then after that, didn't really know. And hopefully these guys turn out well. I did predict though that it was going to be a forward heavy draft, and they went three forwards in the first round. Yeah, so I guess we can start there with the with the actual draft. I don't know if we wanted to. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we'll start there just with the beginning of the NHL draft. And I, I guess what I wanted to bring up was before the draft even happened or, or before we, you know, we got to the pick, we had the ninth pick overall, the Sabres and the Ottawa Senators were deep into trade conversations for Matt Murray. So that was information that came out on draft night that Ottawa and Buffalo, this was from Elliot Friedman, deep into uh, conversations about Matt, a Matt Murray trade. Obviously, Matt Murray's on Ottawa won a cup with Pittsburgh and then he kind of tailed off from then, you know, if you're an NHL hockey fan, you know, you know, Matt Murray was pretty good at one point. And, and since then, I, I think last year he even got sent down to the AHL. He just hasn't been the same. He kind of signed a decent ticket in Ottawa where he's making, I think at least 5 million, you know, a year at annual average uh, value. And um, so Ottawa is basically trying to get him off the books. They're trying to trade this guy. Uh, I think, you know, update now is that he's looking to move to Toronto or, or somewhere maybe in Canada um, other than Ottawa. But anyway, the, you know, the Sabres and Ottawa were into discussions about that. The Sabres were going to take on his contract. Um, Ottawa was going to retain some of his salary, but the, the Sabres were going to move up to the seventh pick. So they were going to basically move their 16th pick to the seventh pick. They're going to have the seventh and ninth pick. Matt Murray did have a no trade clause. The Sabres were on that no, uh, no trade clause list and he 
you know, stuck to his gun, said, I don't want to go there. So that was kind of the first thing on draft night that went through with Sabres news was the Sabres were trying to trade for Matt Murray, which, I mean, I guess, you know, he, he's not going to be your long-term goalie. I, I wasn't mad that it didn't fall th- that it didn't go through just because of the fact that I think he is under contract for like three more years, which, you know, is a little bit dicey. You know, we talked about this last week with the goalie situation where we don't really want to have a goalie for that long, especially like Matt Murray hasn't been great. Um, I know we wouldn't have been paying him his whole salary, but the whole caveat to it was we were going to move up to the seventh pick. Um, you know, that obviously didn't fall through. So that was the first thing that came out. And then speaking of Ottawa before that, and then DeBrinket got traded to Ottawa as well. And then Kirby Doc got traded. So as I was saying, you know, a bunch of trades going down, like that kind of happened on draft night, right? Like obviously the, the Hawks, Chicago were in discussions about, are, are they going to move these guys and when it's going to happen DeBrinket and Doc both got traded. Montreal got Doc. Ottawa got DeBrinket. So those were a few big moves that went on. And then obviously the Sabres, you know, pick over ninth overall, like you said, Matthew Savoy was his name. And he, and this is a guy that, you know, I mean, we talked about it last week where we really didn't have any previews on the draft and what guys we like, but, you know, as I was kind of read, I think we referenced it last week, the, the charging Buffalo does their draft preview every, every year. And so I was actually looking at that before the draft and, and I read about this guy um, and he was just a name that popped up that, you know, I saw he was still available that I was, you know, I, I was familiar with and I was happy we went there because I kind of knew who he was and I read about him a little bit. I mean, if you just look at his stat line over the past year in the WHL, I think he had what, like 95 points in 60 games or so over 30 yeah, goals, like um, just a scoring machine. And, and the big thing here with this guy, which I like about is that basically the, the, the whole gist on him, if you talk to players during the interview, the draft prospects during the interview, anybody that talks about Savoy is that he's just basically the fastest skater on earth. So that's like the one thing I took from it is this guy is just a lightning rod. I know he's a little bit on the smaller side. He's, I think he's 5'9", but I mean, you know, his teammates were talking about other draft prospects, basically saying this guy just moves and grooves and um, he, he just, I think one of his line mates said that he gets lost playing with him out there sometimes because he moves so fast. And, I mean, if you just pull up a highlight reel of this guy, he looks unreal. So, I like the pick. Um, again, don't know a ton about him, but just from reading about what he did and just the stat line alone, I mean, putting up that amount of points in the WHL, um, a lot of people were comparing him to like a Danny Briere type guy too, which I like to see. So, I love the pick at nine. Um, the, the last thing I'll say before I send it over to you on your thoughts, I know you kind of you know said a little bit about him already, but the last thing I'll say is that I think maybe a year ago or, you know, yeah, probably around a year ago when they were doing pre, you know, the, the early previews for this draft, like he was supposed to be a top three talent at one point. Like I think he was solidified in as a top three pick at one point. Obviously so many things change, um, but he was at least a top five pick, I think in a lot of teams books. And so to get him at nine, I think is a great pick. And, you know, I think he has a super, super high ceiling. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I mean, the number one comparison that I was reading was Braden Point. So if you get yeah. a guy that's compared to him, how can you be upset about that? Um, yeah, I mean, from what I was reading, like you were saying, he's got high skill, great uh, puck handling, great scoring ability, really high um, high hockey IQ, good skater. Everything that you, you think about when you think Braden Point, the number one thing I think holding him back is just his size. Um, why, why, he wouldn't, why he wouldn't go higher in the draft. And, then, and, and I was, that's the way the NHL is moving nowadays too is – you know, it's, I mean, it's been moving that way for, you know, 10 years ago to now, you know, Patty Kane kind of started that era, right? Like 
the the size isn't as obviously you want bigger guys and five nine small, but like it's definitely moving towards skilled and speed, and it's not as much about physicality. That's just a fact, whether you like it or not. Yeah, to a point. And I was listening to uh, Peters um, on after the whistle. He had um, Paul Hamilton on the podcast for their draft preview episode, and they were talking about it you know, who they liked and whatnot. And they were really pushing size. They really were pushing, moving up to two. They're such old school guys though, too. You got to keep that in, the, in the mind. Yeah, I know. And they, they were talking about moving up to two and drafting Slavkovsky, who ended up going number one overall, yeah. which was kind of a bit of a shocker as well. Um, and then they were also like talking about that Cutter Guthier guy who ended up going to someone before Philly. Yeah. He went Philly yeah. before the Sabres even had a chance to draft him. So you know, I, I agree. Like, I don't know if I'm as big as them on size, but, I mean, if you look at the Sabres forward group, they are pretty small outside of Tage Thompson and, and Alex Tuck. I mean, Cousins um, is big. Yeah, he's big, I guess. But I, I, I don't know. You're drafting – my point, though, is, like, you're drafting this guy to, to score. If you're drafting a top-10 guy, you're not drafting a guy to play in your bottom six, right? You're drafting a guy that's going to hopefully – be a top six goal scorer. Um, like you said, like a Danny Breer type, you're not drafting a guy that's going to go give you a jam on the fourth line when you're drafting that high anyway. So I, I agree. Like I wasn't too, too rattled about the size for this pick. Um, are you good? Um, Sam's got some issues going on right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep the show going, but yeah, I like, I'm I like back, the avoid pick. Um, yeah. You, you all good there? What, what was What's going on? Oh, <laughs> Right. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, I'm all, I'm all in on the Savoy pick. Like you said, the Danny Breer comp was was cool to see. The Braden Point comp was cool to see. So let's hopefully the other thing you talked about. Um, or did you mention this? How he played with Peyton Krebs? I did not. Yeah. So he the other the other thing is he did play with Peyton Krebs back in. I think I think Krebs is three or four years older than him. I believe Krebs was 18 when he was 15, and they were playing in juniors together or something like that. So they have a relationship there already as well. Um, so I don't know how, how much that influenced the pick, you know, that we seem to be building this kind of like locker room of characters that all like to hang out with each other. So, yeah. you know, if, if Adams is seeing a guy that already knows Peyton Krebs and Krebs is like, yeah, he's a great guy. You know, that's another, another, you know, box to check to easy draft pick to make there for Adams. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you said it all. I mean, I agree with most of that. I, Overall synopsis, I like the pick. I, like I said, I, I read about him before. I'm not worried about the the size. I think this guy is going to be a stud, honestly, and I'm super excited to see him play. Um, anyway, we had two more picks in the first round. You know, I don't know how much we're going to talk about these guys because I, I I didn't really you know I didn't really know anyone outside of I mean I didn't really know the Savoy guy, so um, it's kind of hard to talk about these guys. But I'll just kind of mention them as we go. We had the 16th pick, which we stuck at. That was the pick that we were going to deal to Ottawa if we were going to get the seventh pick for Matt Murray. Um, but we ended up getting this guy, Noah Osland, um, out of Sweden, another forward, as you alluded to. And then the 28th pick, we got Yuri Coolidge. don't know if I'm saying that right, out of Czech Republic. So um, I think this Coolidge guy uh, is, is more of a bigger dude. He's 5'11", 178. He's also a forward. Um, and then the Osland guy was 5'10". So, I mean, for, from what, you know, I saw about the Sabres draft from reading from people who are, you know, big draft guys, um, you know, really, I guess, dissect the prospects and that kind of thing is that 
the Sabres had a good draft. So that's kind of what I'm basing it on. I'm fine with what we did. Again, I like the first pick. I, I guess I like these other two picks. It's it's really hard for me to sit here and just like kind of critique it like I act like I know, right? Like we talk about this all the time. So, I mean, from what it was, from, from what I read, is that the Sabres had a strong, a strong draft. I mean, again, we had like a million picks, like I said, eight picks in the second round, I believe. Um, so, you know, we, we made these picks. It, we talk about it all the time with the NHL draft. You throw darts. Hopefully a bunch of them stick. Um, and I guess that's all I really have to say about it. I mean, I don't know if you have anything else on like Oslin or, or this other guy, um, uh, Coolidge, but I mean, it just seems like that they're solid, <laughs> solid pieces that I mean, hopefully pan out for the Sabres, right? Yeah. I mean, I saw a few different rankings having Coolidge all the way up in like the high teens. So it seems like the Sabres got some value on that guy. Uh, Austin, is that how you say the other guy's name? Yeah, I think it's Oslin. Oslin from he's he's Swede right or Finn mm-hmm. Swede yeah um yeah I, I you know I heard that he's kind of like a you know more of a two way guy that can play the two hundred foot game maybe he's not going to score as much but he can like slot in and play like a middle six type role I which think I think he has like a nasty shot though too I think he's kind of like Olsen almost where like he's like really lethal on the power play okay you know the Swedes they love to shoot um yeah. but yeah I I thought that was kind of a nice pick if he can turn out to be that guy. The Sabres, outside of Cousins, really don't have anybody like that in my mind that is a nice middle six, two-way forward type player. So, um, yeah, overall, I thought it was a nice draft by Adams. Um, The one thing that I think I I saw him getting criticized the most for was his first pick of the second round. He ended up drafting uh, a goalie out of Finland, I believe, um, who was mocked pretty low, I think, some people had him not going into like the third round. So yeah, to maybe Pius, a little bit of a reach there, but to Pius Leninen is his name, I guess. And, and I, yeah, I think that's the one, you know, positionally, like, again, I don't know these guys specifically, but positionally, like maybe that was the one that was a little bit of a reach. Um, especially like you said, he was mocked to go later. It's like, did we really need to draft a goalie up there in the beginning of the second round? Could we have got him later? You know, with that being said, I also did read that he was probably, the consensus, maybe number one goalie in the draft. I think he was the first goalie off the board by us. So, I mean, I guess you, you, you throw it, throw a dart there and maybe that one, you know, pans out, but I, yeah, I guess if you want to have one criticism, it, it may be a little bit too early for a goalie in this situation. Um, but again, overall, my, like my overall take, I guess on the draft is that we just drafted a bunch of guys, right? Like you, like that was the plan going in. We're still in a rebuild. We're still trying to, you know, build this thing from the ground up. We didn't trade any of our picks. We didn't make any like stupid, you know, moves. The only thing we were trying to do, if anything, was move up in the draft and not get rid of the picks. Like the main takeaway as a Sabres fan here should be, we just drafted a ton of guys to get into the system, weed them out, see which ones are like legit NHL players. And hopefully everybody can mesh together in a few years and we can be a solid team built from the ground up like a Tampa is now. So um, that, that's all I have to say about it. I'm not going to go through every single one of these guys and act like I know what they do good, what they do bad. The bottom line is we just made a ton of picks, probably the most in the draft. There's no way anyone else beat us here. Um, three first rounders and, you know, hopefully they pan out. That's how you got to build a team right now. So, um, I mean, that's what I got to say about it. I don't know if you have anything else on the draft before we move on to other, you know, news circulating here, but that was kind of my thing is just like, get, just get these guys in, get them to development camp, just weed them out and see which ones stick. Yeah, no, I think I think that's spot on. And 
on that note, I didn't know if you saw that, but the development camp roster was released today as well. So a lot of these guys will be showing up to development camp and the development camp roster is absolutely stacked. If I thought there, the same thing. Yeah. If there was a, some sort of like, you know how the NBA does a summer league. If there was like an NHL version of that, our team would win it all. Well, there kind of is, isn't there? Isn't there like the, during training camp, they play other teams. Like that's isn't that, definitely isn't a that not preseason. No, but it's like they no. There's like before preseason, they I think they there's like at the not development camp, but I think training camp before the season starts, they start playing other teams, and it's not preseason. Hmm. Okay. Like I'm pretty sure that's a thing, but that's right. later on. But um, yeah, I mean we can get to the development camp here, the roster, and just like look at the roster here. I guess I, I think I sent you over that tweet. Um, but I mean like, first of all, my guy Josh Bloom is going to be there. I know we talked about him like you know, a few months ago when he signed and, and I said, you know, don't sleep on this guy. So he's going to be there. The other thing that hopped out to me is that we low key have a lot of brothers of like good players in the NHL. Like I didn't realize it. I think Brock Caulfield, I'm pretty sure that's Cole Caulfield's brother. Um, the, who's this other guy here? Konechny, Jacob Konechny's like Travis Konechny's brother. Like I just didn't know we had these guys brothers on the team anyway. Um, but then you have, you know, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, obviously still there. Isaac Rose, another pick from last year. Savoy, the pick from this year, and then Owen Power, Matias Samuelson. Like, you have a lot of guys – and Krebs is there. Like, you have a lot of guys with NHL that have already played in the NHL going into development camp, which is kind of crazy because if you think about it, right, we think about Matias Samuelson and Owen Power as, like, maybe our top two defensemen, obviously, of Dalene, but, like, top four defensemen on our team, and they're going into development camp. It's like, wow, this team is actually way younger than maybe we even thought it was. Um, Mm -hmm. When I saw Krebs' name on the list, like, I didn't even – I'm not going to lie. I don't even know like really what development camp is. I was just like shocked to see all these guys that are already bet on the Sabres on the, on the roster for, for camp. And then obviously in the goalies, you know, Devin Levi, Eric Portillo. So um, a lot of familiar names, I guess, like maybe more so. Is UPL on that too? He's not. So there must be some age requirement there. Yeah. The thing that jumped out to me was that both Portillo and Levi are going, which is going to be cool to see. Um, You know, I mean, everybody's worried about Portillo signing in Buffalo. So, I mean, we'll see if he's even any good at a development camp. Yeah. Um, the other news that came out a few days ago, I think it was the day after the draft, which I thought was really interesting. Lawrence Pilot, is he going to be back on the Sabres? Right? Yeah, so I, Lawrence I sent Pilot's you that. Con- yeah, you sent me this. Lawrence Pilot's contract with, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the team that he was on in the KHL, has been terminated per the team. Um, this is from Lance Lasowski. I'm told the Sabres are very interested in bringing Pilot back to Buffalo, and Pilot is willing to sign a two-way contract to get another NHL opportunity. So, again, it's another lefty defenseman, but this is just kind of a blast from the past, right? This is kind of a guy that when he went to the KHL is when maybe the Sabres were – the Sabres fans were at the lowest point maybe, you know, that we've been in in a while in terms of just frustration. I think that was right in the middle maybe of the transition over to – um to, to Kruger and, and just like when, when he le- left over to the KHL, we were all very disgruntled about that. I think, you know, some, some fans were very high on pilot. You know, I, I, I think he like looked pretty good. He just didn't really get enough of a chance to really see what he's got, but it was kind of a guy that we were like, all right, well maybe, you know, we have something in him and, and he just was like, yo, I'm out of here. So it's just kind of interesting to hear his name brought back up when you have a team building with like Darlene power, Samuelson, Yoki Haru, this young defensive core, and now he's like all of a sudden coming back into the mix. Maybe a guy that a lot of Sabres fans forgot about. So I was just kind of interested when I saw that tweet. I was like, oh, all right, Pilot's coming back. Like that, that could be interesting. Again, he's another lefty defenseman, but I don't know. What were your thoughts when you saw that? 
Yeah, I, I mean, Pilot. I don't know. He's he had gave me like a love hate relationship when he was at the Sabers. I thought sometimes he looked very good, and then sometimes he looked looked terrible. Um, at this point, I think I would take him back in a second. Though it's not like we have we're stockpiled at D. And if you're looking at our depth chart, the right D looks very very weak. And I don't think that's obviously. Uh, breaking news to anybody. We got to definitely sign somebody in free agency. I think that's priority number one for Kevin Adams going into free agency this week is to sign a right shot defenseman with some experience. But yeah, I bring a pilot back in the mix, challenge Bryson for a spot, um, you know, but get a little more competition, see what he has after spending some time, time overseas, um, maybe matured a little bit, maybe how it plays a little bit more physical. I, I think there's nothing to lose there. I'd be, I'd be down to try him out again. Yeah. Again, yeah. He he is a lefty, so that's another lefty in the mix. I don't know. We, it's just crazy that he. It was just interesting to see his name like pop back up. I'm like, I just kind of like forgot about this guy. I forgot that we even like had the rights to him almost. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I breaking no news by the way. Um, the Avalanche just extended Valerie Nescution for eight years. Wow. That's six point one two five million a year. Wow. Okay. So Nachuskin off the board. Um, I think him and maybe Birakovsky were two guys that Sabres fans were looking at, right? Yeah. So Nachuskin, um, Nachuskin's crazy story. I mean, kind of a sidebar that we don't have to get too, you know, deep into, but obviously he had a great playoffs and he had a great season this year. The year before this past year, I think he went like 50 games without scoring a goal. Like mm. crazy, just like comeback story for Nachuskin. So good for him, I guess, eight years for the, for the abs. Um, but Moving on here, other news came out yesterday. Sabres do sign Jacob Bryson to a two-year contract worth uh, average annual value of $1.85 million. I think this is similar to the pilot news. I mean, not similar in, like, what happened, but similar to maybe our thoughts on it. Like, yeah, I mean, I like this move, right? Bring him back. Um, cheap. He, he's proven that he can play. He, he's, you know, a guy that maybe he can come back and improve even a little bit more. So, I mean, if you're getting him back for two years at 1.85 million, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. Like you said, we're not like stockpiling D right now. So he's still young. Um, I, I don't really see how you can really go wrong with that offer there for getting Bryson back for two years, right? Yeah. No, I, I agree. Especially at that number, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And so then other RFAs that we've extended qualifying offers to also just came out just a little bit ago. Uh, we have extended offers to Brett Murray, Victor Olsen, R2 Rustalainen, and Uka Pekalukinen. So I guess that'll be interesting in the days. To, that's more in the days to come to see what those offers are, see um, if these guys accept them. The big one, I guess, is Olsen, as we talked about last week. We'll see what his number comes in at. Um, I'm always pretty bad at, like, RFAs and, like, how that works. So I guess, like, what we offer them something, then what they can say no, and then a team can match, or, or how does exactly does that work? Yeah, I, I believe it depends if they're also like arbitration eligible or not. That also throws a wrench into it. So if they are, then they, if you give them an offer and they don't like it, they can take you to arbitration or something like that. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then just a few more things here. Um, just some things I sent over to you right before the episode, but uh more so just like NHL news of Genny Malkin is decided to, you know, hit the open market. So the Penguins and him did not reach a deal. So he will be a UFA. Don't know what Sabres thoughts would be on that. I don't really know if I have any thoughts on that right now. The Ducks did not qualify. Sonny Milano, who actually had a pretty nice year for them last year. Brendan Lemieux is now a UFA. And then a bigger one, maybe that I think I just saw Sabres fans maybe chiming in a little bit on is 
Ilya Samsonov, Caps goaltender, was not qualified by them either. So mm-hmm. talking about goalies here, I mean, we feel like we talk about goalies every freaking episode. But and, – and, and I don't know if I watched the Caps enough to know really much about Samsonov. I know him and Vanacek both basically went back and forth throughout the entire year. They did that in the playoffs too, which everyone was playing better. Obviously, he was getting the net, and then when that guy kind of, you know, fell off and it, it seemed like one of them couldn't really keep the consistent crease for the whole time, the other one would come in and they would do it for a little bit, swap back and forth. Samsonov is 25 years old. Um, now, because they didn't qualify him an offer, does that make him a UFA? Is that how that works? Does he turn from an RFA to a UFA? Yes. So, okay, so now he's just on the open market. Is this a guy that, like, you're looking at for the Sabres to go after here? Like, like I don't know. Like, he's 25 years old, so I feel like this is a guy maybe you give – Oh, maybe he'll accept like a one-year contract, right? Because if he's trying yeah, to prove I himself, mean, like who's going to give him a long-term deal right now? No one. It all depends on the contract. Like we, I don't know how many, how many times I'm going to say it. But no, but it like you can over, but it doesn't really depend on the money. It depends on the term. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I was going to say. It all depends if he's going to, if he's going to accept a one or two year deal, then go for it. Yeah. What do you so, have to and, lose but, at this point? But what I'm saying is that, I think that's the only thing he's going to have on the table. Who in their right mind would give him like a five-year deal right now? Right. Yeah. Like, like, I don't, so, yeah, I, mean, I, don't I feel know. like this might be a pro like I've always been on the, as, as long as we've had these discussions, I've always been fine with having UPL and Anderson there, not really wanting to go is, get a goalie, are, but this is an opening where I might be like open to it. Like, Hey, get this guy for one year. Again, I'm, I'm still against a two year thing. I know you say one or two, I'm one year max, but give this guy a one year deal. And this is one of those situations where I would be fine with more, more so than, you know, obviously Kemper and those guys have been are looking for long-term deals, as I suspected. Yeah, the thing is, though, I feel like there's a ton of teams looking for goalies right now. So, it might Absolutely. someone might overpay. I don't, it's not going to be Adams. I know that for a fact because he's so high on Devin Levi. So, um, but but again, that, that that you're just contradicting yourself. What does that have to do with Devin Levi if you're signing him for one year and you have all this cap space? No, that's what I meant. Like that's it's not going to be Kevin Adams that's going to give this a goalie a big contract when I'm talking about term. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of teams looking for goalies right now. So you're Samsonov might be in the driver's seat when he's like, you know, if you're going to, if you want me and you got to give me three years, you got to give me four years. What I'm saying is what team would do that. I don't think Not the Sabres. I don't think any team would, would go out and give this guy more than two years really to like, I don't He hasn't proven anything. He's only 25 years old. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying is I think it might be a window of opportunity where you can throw it and you said overpay for him. Well, the Sabres are the team that can overpay anyone. So I don't yeah. know. It's something, it's something to look out for. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one guy that you can slide in for a year and, and see what he's got. And maybe he plays unreal and then you give him another bridge deal or something. I don't know who knows, but it's something to, to look at that because as I've been saying, I've been so against the goalie free agent market, but this is a situation where I think it's a little bit different. Um, last thing that I have, I don't know if you had anything else, um, but I don't know if you, I think you did see this video because you retweeted my tweet the other night. Um, but this guy on Twitter tweeted this video, JT Messenger tweeted, I've never seen him in my life, but uh, I just came across it on Twitter, tweeted a video of Sabres director of amateur scouting, Jerry Foran. Mm. And uh, basically the tweet says, uh, Sabres director of amateur scouting, Jerry Foran has to stop and gather himself while responding to a question from Matthew Fairburn on Kevin Adams. Um, So basically this guy just asked, you know, this guy, Jerry Fortin, uh, who's the director of scouting for the Sabres now um, about what it's been like to work with Kevin Adams. And Jerry Foran just broke down in tears, just straight up. He, He had to, you know, pause 
he, he started crying because he was so overwhelmed with emotion and he, you know, kept apologizing. Sorry, sorry. Um, he, he had to, you know, gather himself before he answered the question. I didn't know who Jerry Fortin was before this. I looked him up. He's been with the Sabres organization for, since 2014. He started as an assistant coach. Um, he's kind of worked his way within the organization as an assistant coach, as um, a scout, I believe. He's done uh, various different roles, and now he's the director of amateur scouting. Um, and to me, this was like the most eye-opening video I've seen on the Sabres in a while because he was asked a simple question after the draft about working with Kevin Adams, the general manager, a basically, you know, a basic question, simple question that um, you, you wouldn't think too much of. And he, he broke down in tears because of basically of, of the praise that he had of Kevin Adams. And it just, to me, showed how much of a how, – how much it would have sucked to have been working in the Sabres organization before this past year, it seemed like. It seemed like he was letting out all this emotion of since he's been, you know – Working with the Sabres since 2014, working with uh, Murray, working with Botterill, you know, all these other GMs and, and all these other coaches that, have, you know, came through and seeing it from the, the fans' perspective, where, like, this whole organization is a dumpster fire. Like, it seemed like this guy had, a, like, a, a sigh of relief talking about this new GM that is actually doing things the right way. And, and, and to me, it was it, – it shined a light on Adams. And it um, I, I've been an Adams fan. I've been a fan of his moves that he's done since he's come to be the Sabres GM. But it made me even more of a fan of him because it's like, how does this guy, you know, it's a simple question. He breaks down in tears answering it. Um, it just really, like, it, it was crazy to me. It was crazy to watch. And to seeing a guy who's been with the organization since 2014, it, you know, all the way up until now, it, it just really showed maybe how brutal it must have been to work within this organization over the past five to ten years. Like, it must have been that bad where when he's asked about a new guy, that he starts crying about it. And I'm not like making fun of him at, at all about, you know, you know, breaking down or getting emotional. I'm just, you know, saying the fact that like, it must've been a crazy time before that. If it's, you know, you're asking a simple question and that's the answer you're giving. So I, I know you saw the video, if you had any thoughts on it, but that was kind of, you know, my, when, when I like came across, it, I was like, wow, this is actually kind of crazy. No, I had the same reaction too. And anytime, anytime a guy cries about his job, when how bad the Sabres have been over the past year, like that, that, that was just eye opening to me. Like, and it, it wasn't just like a tear up too. like the guy had to take a breath and like, pause. Oh yeah. It was like a and, 30 second. Yeah. And it was, and it was a simple question too. It wasn't like, you know, reflecting on his, you know, father that passed away or like a sick family member. It was just right. like, how, how did Kevin Adams do the, in the draft this year? And the guy yeah. just like went so emotional. So, yeah, I mean, I think it speaks volumes to what, what's going on in the front office with the whole uh, vibe around the team and the organization. And yeah, I think it finally, maybe we're headed in the right direction here. It only took, you know, six, seven, eight years to, to finally write the ship after, after the Pagoulas took over. But, you know, like we said, we got, you know, got stacked development roster, a young team, a lot of cap space. I mean, if you don't get it right this time, you might as well sell the franchise because I don't know if it's ever going to get right at that point. Yeah. Um, one of the quotes that this Jerry Fortin guy said was he's done talking about Adams, obviously he's done an incredible job at bringing this entire organization together. He really stressed that. So he was, you know, talking about during their meetings, and everything really wanting everybody's input, including everybody, um, you know, it might sound kind of cookie cutter, like making sure everybody, you know, gets their chance to talk, but clearly it's gone a long way because this guy's breaking down in tears talking about it. And it just, um, I think really just shows how toxic maybe of a work environment environment it was before 
the switch came over the past year or so. So um, I'm a huge Kevin Adams fan now. I'm rooting for the guy. I've obviously always been pulling for the guy, but like I'm a number one supporter now. Um, I believe in this guy. I'm fully on the Kevin Adams bandwagon. So I am, uh, I'm ready to, to rip with these guys. And again, just an interesting video to watch, but that was kind of all I had in my notes here um, just over the draft and the free agency stuff coming out. As we said, free agency officially does open within the next couple of days. So we'll probably, you know, touch on that next episode. Um, I don't know. We'll see what the Sabres do, I guess. Do you have anything else really before we sign off? I guess Bill's training camp's coming up at the end of the month. We might be in attendance mm -hmm. for that. So uh, maybe yeah. some more Bill's talk within the near future. I'm just excited for, for Wednesday to hit with free agency. I mean, see what the Sabres are going to be made of this year. Are they going to be active on the market? Are they going to kind of hang back? Well, well it's, going to be a, it's going to be an interesting day. Yeah. Final message, and I say this every week, I feel like, but final message is, again, be patient, trust the process. Maybe it's not as active of an offseason as maybe, you know, you're hoping over there or Sabres fans in general with, you know, maybe going out and getting a ton of guys to try to win this year. Like, again, you got to be patient. We're still in this rebuild. Like I just said, I trust in Kevin Adams. So I don't know. I guess that's my prediction. I guess if we're going one final prediction into the offseason here into free agency is that I don't know. Maybe the maybe Adams isn't gonna do as much as maybe Sabres fans are hoping. And and my message is that's okay. I, I'm gonna be fine with that. I'm gonna try to be patient with it. I'm gonna let this thing play out and hopefully uh this core really gels together and we can kind of build something for the long term as opposed to just trying to go for it in one shot. So we'll see how that plays out over the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 143. And uh, thank you guys for listening in. Go Bills, go Sabres, as always. And we will talk to you next time. Peace. I don't know what you've been talking